This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And hello there. There we are. Hey, uh, uh, hi, I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. We're missing uh, Charlie Dobbin today. She's on holidays. Good for her. She's down uh, traveling along the east coast of the states in Cape Cod area, and I hope uh, she's having a mean lobster or something like that. But in her stead, old friend Dennis Flanagan has uh, flown in and is going to take over from uh, now till uh, 10 o'clock. Hiya, Dennis. How you doing? Hey, good morning, Frank. I'm just great. Oh, it's well, hey, not a bad morning out there. It's you know? not a bad morning, and I, I, I know you're going to say I'm not as good looking as Charlie. I just know you are. <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind. You, you are a psychic. You are a seer, my friend. Yeah, well, in any case, we've got a lot of interesting stuff coming up on the show, yeah. thanks to your little background work here. Uh, um, certainly, Dennis, as you know, is a master gardener, uh, along in the in the same form as uh, as Charlie. So, any questions you have, uh, we'll be fielding, or he'll be fielding. I'll be guiding. And uh, the first thing I got to do is my little job of passing out the phone numbers here to make sure folks know who to call. And a special hi to our producer Christina. That's the first voice you will hear when you call in. Uh, doing a fabulous, and she's flying solo today. Nobody ought to help her. She's doing a great job. Okay, so in Toronto, here's the number to call to uh, talk to Dennis Flanagan, 416-360-0740. And then if you're anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, I know Christine is awfully busy right now getting you know, calls lined up and everything. Uh, just a note about uh, what's coming up at the half hour. Mm-hmm. You have lined up what I think is one of the most interesting subjects to talk about. Maybe you can kind of yeah, Frank. It's here. it's 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 a a thing that really fascinates me. Um, I've just come back from a little visit in the in the UK. Yeah. Uh, um, but this weekend in in Hanover, Ontario, they've actually brought some. Um, Craftsmen, some certified dry stone wall builders. Uh, first time ever um, in Canada, perhaps North America, and they're gonna, going to build a dry stone wall stable. Now this stable is no small little thing. Oh it's... no, no. This is this is this will house. Uh, it, if it was a traditional stable, it would probably house uh, four or five horses and carts. Yeah. Um, but this is an absolutely fascinating um, story. Um, I'm I'm going to head up there after after yeah. the show. Yeah. And um, the idea is is Paul Bridges, um, who's organising the event, 
Uh, hopefully we can patch in with him a little later in the show yeah, and, and have yeah. a chat. Well, it's it's a fascinating project. And wait till, you, wait till they get to the part about the roof. Yeah. This is this this the, is yeah. the real piece de resistance. Absolutely. Huh? Okay. Uh, so Dennis is awaiting your call. We have uh, callers already lined up. As a matter of fact, Eleanor in Waterloo is waiting to talk to you and ask a question uh, about gardening. That's what this show is all about, the garden Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll get back to all of that in just a moment here at AM740 Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I think Charlie's on the claw right now of a, of a uh, lobster <laughs> down there in Maine. Uh, so let her work away at that. It's the happy Troika taking care of you today. The terrific Troika, Christina answering the phones and uh, producing the show. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef, and Dennis Flanagan, the master gardener here, subbing in, doing a great job thus far. And let's see how we can get him to screw up. Uh, <laughs> okay, we've got Eleanor online from Waterloo. Hey, Good day, Eleanor. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Eleanor. I have a problem, um, not a problem, a question about a clematis. Yeah. We uh, planted a new clematis plant this spring, and he's happy. He's in the perfect spot. In fact, he's bloomed twice, so we're quite content with him. Already? Wow. We're hearing conflicting stories that he should be cut right down to the ground mm-hmm. and other ones that say, no, he's too young, leave him alone. Yes, yeah. So I don't know what to do with him, and I don't want to lose him because this is my no. third try with a clematis. Absolutely, absolutely, Eleanor. And uh, you have to become a good politician with your friends because, in, in, in fact, they're both right. Um, <laughs> it depends on, on the variety of the clematis and when it blooms. Oh, so I don't know when, the when, Do you remember when it bloomed? It, yes. We, we got it in, um, a, around the end of June, and it was blooming when we planted it. Okay. The blooms died, and it planted again in August. Oh, it did. D- d- in August. All righty then. So if that that's that's the that's what I was looking for. That's my little clue to say leave it for the winter time. Leave All right? it for yes. the winter time. Leave it for the winter time and then because it's a fairly new plant, just in the spring when you first see the sign of some little green buds coming out, just give it a a light haircut uh, okay. for the for the first year. And well, now it's it's winding around the trellis. So Good. We just leave the trellis and everything. Leave in place. the trellis all in place. And what you're going to find is it'll get a little bit of winter kill. And sometime in late April, early May, you're going to see some green growth, and and it'll be pretty um, evident, Eleanor, which which parts aren't going to come back, and those you are just going to clean up. Oh, um, wonderful! So for the first two years, you want to concentrate on just getting some strong growth on the plant. Subsequent so for the first two or three years, yeah, we will not cut it to the ground. I, I wouldn't. And then subsequent years, what you're going to do is do some fairly harsh pruning early in the spring. Um, probably, well, you're in Waterloo, so probably mid-April, mid-April. I'd say. Uh, but that's not, don't do that for a couple of seasons. Let's get lots of strength on the plant, lots of, lots of new shoots. And um, it sounds like you're off to a good start. Um, let me ask you, a, what color is it, Eleanor? It's a very deep, rich purple. Beautiful. Oh. Abs- and a nice size bloom. Beautiful. Um, it, uh, we, as I said, this is our third attempt, so we're just thrilled to death that it's doing as well as it's doing. I think it's happy where it is. <laughs> good stuff. And That's let me, uh, where it's l- going to stay. One last tip, Eleanor. Um, 
Do you do you eat eggs? Yes. You do. Well, don't don't throw those eggshells away. Yes. Um, they're going to be your best friend for clematis. Uh, save the eggshells, yes. um, crush them up, yes. and work them into the soil around around the clematis. And they, we do that now this fall? Yes, absolutely. They just love that. They love the calcium that comes out of the egg. Oh. And if you, the little sharp pieces of egg, will, um, the shell will actually keep slugs away. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Wonderful. So there you go. So uh, I don't know whether you've had breakfast already. It's 9.15, but if you had eggs this morning. But that's all right. There'll be breakfast a good many more. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very, very much. I appreciate your help You're welcome. very much. Great question. Thanks for joining the Garden Show, Eleanor. A pleasure to have you here on a Saturday morning with uh, Frank and Dennis Flanagan. Dennis, by the way, is with Landscape Ontario. And you can find out all about them going online, really. LandscapeOntario.com would be a good thing to do. Absolutely. It's a great place, website to visit to get uh, more great gardening information. And we often quote Charlie on the show uh, on our website, too. So oh, very th- good. there's a connection. All righty. Well, we're off. Uh, well, no, not off. We're coming back to Toronto, as a matter of fact. Uh, Robert's on the line to question you about something or other. I think it has to do with the Mandevilla. Uh, we'll find out, though. Hey, Robert, good morning. Morning. Good morning. I have a question about a, <clears throat> excuse me, a Mandevilla. I purchased one in the uh, early spring there, and, of course, they mostly sold in those plastic hangers. And uh, toward the end of the season, of course, I don't know what they use for a medium to grow it in, but it's all consumed, and there's just roots, so you have to water. But anyway, my question mm. is, can I winter that over? Yeah, you can. Um, that's a that's a great uh, great timed question, Robert, because I'm suspecting a lot of people this morning with that little nip in the air, Frank. You know, mm. that little, little oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had my jacket there, on this morning. Out there looking at uh, their mandevillas and fuchsias and things, and going, hmm. How much longer should I leave this out? So, Robert, great, great question, great timing for coming into October. And yes, the answer is yes, you can overwinter it. Two ways of doing it. You can either treat it like a tropical plant, and if you have a very bright um, room in the house, um, you could literally just bring the whole plant in and treat it as if it was an indoor tropical for the wintertime. Um Unlikely that's going to happen because, unfortunately, most of, most of us live in houses where uh, we don't have that amount of light. And so the other way to do it, Robert, is to really be quite harsh with it. Cut it back to about six to eight inches. Uh, most people cringe when you say that, but you've got to be cool to be kind. Cut it, cut it right back, bring it into the house, and keep it in what we call a semi-dormant state. So really cut back on the watering, absolutely no fertilizing, and uh, it can be in uh, hardly any light at all. And you're just trying to keep the root alive over the wintertime, um, and then uh, sometime in, in March, late March, early April, you're going to start to slowly bring it outside in the daytime. So well, what they do in the hangar, they, they punch holes in it. It's about three feet long, you know, and then they put seedlings in, so they all come yes. out of these little holes, and then they hang down. So should I just rip that open and take it apart and then plant as many as I can and cut it back? That's, that's, a, that's not a bad approach, Robert. I, I would try both ways. So take some of those cuttings, re-pot re, uh, them in, in uh, another pot or a series of small pots. But the actual mother plant itself, I would try to actually put into... Um, a, a container that's two inches bigger than what it's in right now and try to uh, overwinter the mother plant itself. Great. Thank you. They're yes. a great plant, but oh, uh, everybody throws them out because they don't know I how to winter them all. Oh, isn't, isn't that a shame? And, uh, of course, if you travel down to the, the islands where they grow like weeds and hedges down there, um, they don't understand this, this conversation we're having at all. 
because they just go <laughs> right around. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Appreciate Robert. Thank you. Good thanks, luck. For, thanks for joining the show. Uh, let me give you the phone numbers again. Some of you might be brand new callers. So uh, if you are, not, uh, just note these down. In Toronto, the number to call to uh, reach, in this case, is Dennis Flanagan on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 866 740 I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Both Dennis and I shall return in just moments to have a word with Rochelle after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Charlie has a distinctive different look today. Uh, <laughs> it's Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario with us. And we're speaking now to Rochelle in Toronto. Good morning, Rochelle. Hello, Rochelle. Where'd she get to? Uh, Garden. There you well, go. She has a severe case of prunitis. And she's <laughs> pruned everything in sight, including my eastern red bud, which uh, she... Uh, inquire first. However, she's ready to start on my neighbor's wisteria that comes over my over our fence, and it blooms. Actually, I'm on the north side of the fence, but I do get bloom. And she's warning me of all kinds of problems because the wisteria is starting to twine into the lilac tree. You know what wisteria is like. Yep. If she stands still, it'll grab you. <laughs> <laughs> But I do want the bloom. Yes. Yeah. Um, how how do you how do you view a pruning wisteria, and how dangerous and how serious do you think it is? Uh, well, the, the the danger part of growing into other plants um, isn't as bad as things like Virginia creeper, which will literally strangle another plant. So, actually, I, I know some garden designers that on purpose let wisterias grow up into trees because of the the, the sort of pretty combination that you can get. Um, if it's growing into places where you really don't want it, though, um, some, some harsh pruning can be done. And it's, uh, it's funny, when, when you match up wisterias with fruit trees, it's almost the same, uh, it's almost the same kind of action that you're going to take. So what you're actually looking for, Rochelle, or the advice you're going to pass on is what we call spurs. Uh, just like on fruit trees, you're looking at little spurs, which in actual fact, I like to describe these as little light bulbs uh, along the branch. They look like miniature little light bulbs. That's where you're taking the growth back to. Don't go beyond that because then you, you, there's a danger you can actually damage the vine. So um, so on the um, green side of the spur, that's where you're going to prune the wisteria back to. Um, does no harm to the plant and it, and it controls it. And it won't, and here's the good news, Rochelle, it won't interfere with the blooming if you're pruning, pruning it right. Okay. All right. Thank you. I will tell her before she comes out with the <laughs> pruning shears. snip hurt me. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, yeah. it sounds like they're, it's my gosh. It's true. It's true. And she's a dear, sweet woman. Isn't that know? nice? But, yeah, we'll give her, make her a cup of tea and tell her, tell her to sit down. I will. Sit down. That's a good idea. <laughs> thank you very much. Right, Rochelle. Thank you for calling the Garden Show today with Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, Martina from Woodbridge. Good morning, and how are things up there in Woodbridge? Good morning. Uh, 
sunny and beautiful. Uh, it's it's just absolutely gorgeous. So oh, I that's great. Just by uh, Boyd Park, and it's just amazing. Oh, that's a lovely area. The are turning uh, yellow and uh, uh, pink and red. Anyways, uh, my question is, I have a gardenia and a jasmine, and I, I had them outside all uh, summer. They are still blooming now. They're just beautiful. I would like to bring them inside. I do bring them at nighttime inside. It gets really cold up here. Yep. And uh, every year that I usually I buy them every year, honestly, and they don't survive. Mm. But anyways, this year, I'm going to give it a try again. Good for you. Uh, what should I do about uh, the bugs that I get throughout the winter? Ah, there's I the spray them. Yes, there's the question I was looking for. Um, so, Martina, absolutely again, perfect timing. Um, I'm going to actually compliment my wife here because my wife Elaine is actually the person that saves our gardenia because um, I'm I'm too busy chatting with with Frank Proctor on the radio to to do my gardening today. So she she actually went outside yesterday and we I've got we've got this beautiful gardenia. She brought it in. Uh, we we've got it in a um, west facing window. And uh, the, the thing to do, Martina, here's the secret, is to get a clear plastic bag, large clear plastic bag, and put it over the whole plant. And then put your arm up inside that with a, with a, a, a Safer's um, soap, um, just an insecticidal soap, and mm-hmm. absolutely smother that plant in it and let, let it drip off into the, into the clear plastic bag. And that is the most effective way to take care of any white flies or mealybugs that may have... They're very smart, white flies. They see you coming out, and they hide underneath the leaves of the gardenia because they they want a passage inside your warm house for the winter. So great question, and that's how to do it. And the fragrance, uh, Frank, from you you know gardenia. Oh, I had a gardenia tree, and I unfortunately... Yes. It, it it popped off, and I don't know what I did wrong, and, and I was just working on that problem with Charlie. Yeah. So I, I want to get another one because the fragrance is Oh, beautiful. the fragrance is beautiful, yeah. as Martina knows. And and Martina, you you listen to Frank regularly uh, here on the show, and you know what a rom- I do. You know what a romantic he is. Uh huh. <laughs> and and so when I, you know, when you mentioned Fr- Gardenia and Jasmine, you should have seen him perk up here. It was amazing. All right. So you've got his rom- you've got his romance coming out. Uh, but you you've hit the nail on the head. Timing, plastic bag, insecticidal soap, and uh, stop those. Uh, Nasty little uh, critters uh, vacationing over inside your your house for the winter. So tell me, should I prune it down when I bring it inside? You know what's going to happen, Martina, is it's going to, I call this self-pruning. Don't be alarmed, but it's probably going to drop about 20% of its leaves when you first bring it in. Some leaves will go brown and they'll drop off. That's just their natural uh, progression from one form of light into another form of See, that's light. That's where I'd panic. Oh yeah, my God, no, it's no, done. No, no. Yeah. It's just what it does. Let it shed for about a month, and then it'll it'll uh, start producing some new buds, some new growth for you. So I shouldn't prune it. Nope, I wouldn't prune it. No, nope, let it uh, bring it in and let it uh, let it do its natural leaf drop. And if you're going to do some pruning, it's probably going to be in the new year at this point. Um, once it's got the heat of the house. And you're mm-hmm. keeping it moist to the touch in the pot. Um, it's probably going to send out some new growth. 
And you don't want a lot of new growth in the wintertime. So that stuff you want to trim back uh, before you put it out again in, in um, um, late, uh, late April, probably, in Woodbridge. Uh, the spray wouldn't harm the blooms now, would it? Uh, no, absolutely not. No, not it's, a, it's, a, it's a completely organic um, insecticidal soap. Yep. Oh, beautiful. Won't, won't harm you either. Yep. <laughs> That's the best part of it. Yes, right. right. <laughs> have a shower. With, exactly. you know, shower with your have God. Have a great day and amazing, amazing. So I, I listen to it every every Saturday. Oh, well, nice. that's terrific. Thank you very much. Thank nice you very much. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks. Enjoy those colors that are showing up in, in Woodbridge. Boy, yes. And the colors, I guess, as you get a little bit further north, are oh, really yeah. in, in uh, Ab- full sway. Huh? Absolutely. They really are. I bet this, uh, between the next two weekends, Frank, are going to be the best two weekends. If you want to go and toddle off yep. for a little little journey, take in the fall colors, uh, the temperatures changing. Um, if we want to get into the science of fall colors, we can later in, later yep. in the show because it's, it's pretty interesting. And Europeans are so jealous of us because they don't, they don't, they don't get, get that. No, they oh. pay thousands of dollars to come visit us. Well, we, that's good. We get it for free. <laughs> yeah, Do you know, I think our our special guest might be uh, might be on the line Perfect. right now. Yeah, we had mentioned off the top of the show that we're going to be chatting with uh, Paul Bridges in Hanover, uh, and maybe you can set this up again for folks who might have just tuned in. Yes, uh, uh, Paul is a landscape architect I've known for many years, and um, him with a with a group of people are hosting this wonderful event in Hanover this weekend, um, and it, they brought some dry stone wallers from the UK over. And, and they're building a stable uh, with a green roof. And, and, and Paul's a pretty eloquent guy, so I bet he can, with your prompting, Frank, can well, fill us in. let's welcome him to the show. Hi, Paul Bridges. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Dennis. Morning. Nice to have you on the show. And uh, Now, Dennis had been explaining this even before we hit the airwaves, and I was just uh, fascinated by this story. I think it's a marvelous thing, and I'd love to get up there and see this now. So describe what, what you're doing. Yeah, Sorry. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Describe what you're doing there in Hanover. So what we're doing is we've brought some uh, master craftsmen from the Dry Stone Walling Association in Great Britain over, and we're building a recreation of a, a dry stack stone stable. So that's a, a building uh, built completely without mortar. And from there, uh, on top of the structure, we're actually tomorrow craning on uh, a, a green roof. Hmm. Paul, I was telling I was telling Frank that before we came on air, and uh, you you should see how excited he was getting. I said, "Well, wait till we get Paul patched in, because uh, if you think I'm excited, um, I haven't been up there yet. I'm going up there this afternoon. Paul's been on site. Um, where are they? Where are they with the project today? Describe As it. of today, uh, we've got 60 students who are professional contractors in doing their walling courses, so they can learn the the rudimentary of of stone. Uh, manipulation itself, but the the stable itself, we are almost to the point of coping on the main walls uh, in preparation for the craning of the roof tomorrow. They are starting to work today on the freestanding stone arch over the main front stable door, and work is progressing incredibly well uh, on the fireplace, and as well, we've got many little wine niches within the building itself, so it has just a tremendous amount of character. Oh, this, this is a, a, a all, well, I was going to say a, a lost art, but it's, it's an art that you want to retain and teach other people how to do, because there is a danger in, in th- crafts like this to have people just, you know, not, not know how to do it anymore, you know? Exactly. It's an art that came, you know, came from Britain and came to Canada very early on, but uh, somehow got forgotten with our abundance of timber in Canada. 
So uh, what we're trying to do is, is get contractors to know about it, and we use it extensively in our design process with our firm by trying to get people out there to be competent in the build. And, and these walls are really a lifetime build that will be something beyond the property long after modern construction is gone. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Dennis mentioned to me that you use no mortar in this. There's just free uh, placement of those stones. Is that right? That's correct. Wow. And that's the scary part, isn't it, uh, Paul and Frank? You, you, I mean, you've built this um, out of, with, with no cement, no mortar, and yet tomorrow you're going to be brave enough to crane on this really heavy roof full of plant material, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> how how so, big is the roof, uh, Paul? Uh, sorry, pardon? How big is the roof itself? Well, the structure itself is 20 by 30. Wow. So the roof has overhang on either side. So uh, right now we have sample of the green roof on. So the, the, the weight of the roof now with only a portion of the green roof is 8,000 pounds. Oof. Holy mackerel. Wow. And, and on top of that, once the green roof is on, that'll add a, approximately another 8,000 pounds dry. And, Paul, for our, our gardening uh, listeners here today, um, what, what are some of the pl- varieties of plants that, are, that they can see in that roof when they come up to Hanover? The, the mix we have is a, is a straight sedum mix. We have 14 varieties of sedum in there. So it is meant to be a low-growing match because we have an astounding uh, show of a natural maple sugar bush in behind. And I heard you gentlemen speaking earlier about fall color. Mm-hmm. And we are just in the midst of uh, the most beautiful fall color we've had in many years up here. Wow. I am so uh, excited about going up there this afternoon, Frank, to see this. And, and I mentioned it to you this morning, uh, and maybe Paul could give a, a, a couple of hints for any of uh, the listeners today um, where, to, where to find this amazing project um, in, in Hanover. Certainly. Well, we're, it's located one concession or one uh, main country road north of the town of Hanover, which is Highway 4, is what comes into the town. Uh, we're looking at about approximately an hour and a quarter drive from the Kitchener-Waterloo-Guelph area. Uh, it's realistically almost two hours out of Toronto, but again, we've had frost two nights in a row, so the fall color up here is, uh, is astounding, so it's well worth the drive for anyone with the, without traffic. But uh, yeah, one concession north of Hanover is where we're at, and it's... Uh, and on, an just on, on Highway 4, then? Uh, yes, one just on on. Highway 4. Yeah, oh, that's, that sounds absolutely super. And would there be signage along the way uh, that folks can... There uh, certainly see? is. Uh, once you find uh, the town of Hanover, we've got signs uh, leading everyone in that general direction. And the whole town has really, really come behind us to make this a public festival. Where, where have you uh, mined the stone? Uh, uh, the from? stone, uh, it comes from two different places. Part of it is coming off... Uh, the, of course, it's Niagara Peninsula stone, so it is limestone or, or flagstone rockery. Mm-hmm. So it's coming from Miller Lake, which is just at the, the bottom of the Bruce Peninsula, and some is coming out of the Peterborough area, just so the gentlemen have the opportunity to, to work with two different stones, because they do have their own characters and their own styles that each stone uh, really tells them you know, where it needs to be placed. So really, the stone has to speak to the masons as well. Now, there might be some people out there who say, Boy, this sounds like a really incredible thing to do. So you got a guy out there who's never done this before. Are there any tips that you could offer uh, to someone who would like to try this just to see how, how difficult it is or, and, and how beautiful it could be? Well, that's the reason for this course today and tomorrow that's on. We've got 60 gentlemen that stepped up that some have never raised a hammer to a stone before in their life, and they're just really curious about the, the art of it. Uh, from here on in, one of our, our team members that helped to, to create this event, Dean McClellan, uh, that's what he does for a living locally. 
and uh, he does small workshops, and, and there is ability with some of our other contractors through the area as they learn. Um, there is an opportunity if they want to you know, come to the site and, and come to our website and see what is going on. Sounds like a marvelous day out, really, yeah. for our family, uh, and particularly those who uh, love gardens. Uh, I mean, to see a garden on, on the roof of this uh, wonderfully crafted yeah. uh, it's, stable. Wow. It's a f- fabulous-sounding project. And, and I know uh, um, if Charlie was here, she'd tell us that she is actually... We've had the dry stone wall guys in at Canada Blooms uh, before, and the last time I saw them, and, and Paul, maybe you can tell us if, if this is true up in Hanover this weekend... They all wore kilts one year at Canada Blooms to to do the dry. Any kilts in evidence up there? With the temperatures this morning, <laughs> not yet, but we never know how they might come out for the weekend. <laughs> Well, well, have a have a wonderful weekend, and I'm 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 hoping that a number of listeners will just say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to do um tomorrow on Sunday. I'm going to go up to Hanover and have a peek at this thing. It sounds like really worth the drive." Yeah, yeah, and and, and if some of um if some of the uh, 740 uh, uh, gardeners, uh, I'll be up there uh, as as of this afternoon. Uh, come say hi, uh, please. If uh, if you come up to Hanover this weekend, and and between Paul Bridges and myself and some other Landscape Ontario people, we can certainly answer any gardening questions for you. Well, there you go. Wow. Working uh, on his day off, as it were. <laughs> uh, I don't think you ever to get a day no. off, though, really. So basically, folks, get to Hanover and then go to the first concession north on Highway 4 there, and you'll, you'll find it. And uh, it sounds absolutely great. Gee, it's been great talking to you, Paul. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. We look forward to seeing anyone that, that comes up. We'd be more than happy to welcome you to the area. Thank you so much. See you, Paul. Okay, take care. Wasn't that neat? Paul Bridges, mm. and his company, by the way, is Stoneworks, yes, with an X at the end. X in the end. You can hear the passion in the, yeah. his voice, huh? Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, somebody that does that has to love doing that. I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to see well, how they... You know, know, chip those rocks. They're expecting you, and many of your listeners are expecting to see you in Hanover tomorrow in a kilt. Hammer in hand. In a a a kilt. kilt. Yes. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) I I love how free you are with my buddy. (laughs) Jeez. We're we're coming up to uh, 9.38 here at AM 740. I'll tell you what. Let's let's take a call from Andrew, who's been uh, waiting on very patiently on the line here, from Markham. Hi, Andrew. Welcome uh, to the show, and thank you so much for waiting on there. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Morning, Andrew. I've been uh, up to Hanover. It's a beautiful area. Ah, great. Um, I have a question about a birch tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, very old, um, very tall, um, but not so white. Ah, so it's got blackening it's on got, the on got the a lot trunk. of black on it. Yep, yep. How old would you what, say it was, what Andrew? What do I do with that? Yeah, well, unfortunately, that's natural progression of the tree as it gets older. Uh, birch trees um, in in nature are designed to actually be um, relatively a short-lived tree compared to things like oak trees. So um, birch trees have a purpose on the planet of, of growing uh, quickly, growing quickly, and protect and, and offer protection for slower-growing species. So the the uh, blackness that you're seeing is really aging. Uh, it's natural aging of, of the tree, and not much you can do about it, but um, keep the rest of the, the leaves and the, the tree healthy by what we call deep root fertilizing, um, Andrew. So 
Uh, it's absolutely essential as a, as a birch gets older uh, to uh, uh, get a, a root feeder. Uh, you can buy one at a garden center or hire a company to come in. And what you're doing is injecting fertilizer into the root system of that birch tree. And you can, and I've done this on many properties, you can lengthen the life of a birch tree uh, up, to, up to 10, 12 years by doing some heavy uh, uh, direct fertilizing into the root system. Okay. Yeah, um, the blackening is just natural aging. I'm, I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really just feeding the roots. Yes, it's critical, um, and best to do it uh, early, early spring because birch, like a maple, it sucks up uh, the water early in the spring. The sap's rising, and it'll 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 bring up that fertilizer. Um, so put it on your put it on your calendar to. Sometime in mm, you're in Markham. Sometime in mid-April to do some deep root feeding on that birch tree. And now it's it's competing with a, a, a spruce as well. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Andrew's laughing there. So good good news, bad news is that at, at some point the spruce will win out. Um, the spruce, the, you know, the spruce is going to live for a couple of hundred years, and 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 the birch is going to live for somewhere between thirty and and fifty years. So, um, okay. some someone well, will win the natural battle. This this is just natural progression. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and, it is. Yeah, it I is. Mean, it's, it, it, I mean, the the greenery is very healthy. Good, good. So, yeah, so, so don't... far so good. But but the you know the blackness on the on the trunk. I I, I know it's just. Just the natural, natural progression of the tree, as you said, Andrew. So it's not a disease. It's nothing to worry about. Um, and just enjoy the green, green uh, part of the the tree. Yep. Thank you very much, thank, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, Andrew. Uh, calling in from Markham. There, uh, we're going to return to uh, the show in just a minute and have a caller in from Etobicoke with a question for Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario, who's sitting in here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Well, she's off on a little vacation. Yeah. She and Elliot are taking a nice little tour down the uh, eastern seaboard. Yeah, Frank, I think you're paying that woman too much. She's you on vacation. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm, we're you're, not. You're right. You're right. <laughs> We're, we're going to form our own little union here, boy, I'm telling you. Get things straight. Now, and uh, I'll sign up Christina, too. Absolutely. She'll, she'll be on our side. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Getting the nod there. Okay. We'll let Christina do her magic uh, here in just a moment and uh, come back here on The Garden Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning, I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, along with Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. And we have a caller uh, from Etobicoke. I just want to check your name. I'm sorry, uh, I'm, uh, Christine and I were having a little, uh, not argument, but a discussion about the name. Uh, your name, is it a, uh, is it Roos? Bruce. 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 There you go. That's what it is. Okay. You're, Christina, you are right in your guest there. Okay, Bruce, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm just calling because I took great offense at the fact that somebody had to import dry stone wall workers because when I was in the business with a good friend of mine, we were doing it all the time, all the way through Toronto, Rosedale, East End, West End, all the way up north all the way down to the lake. 
Couldn't agree. The, the couldn't, workers are there. The knowledge is there. It's just people aren't paying for it. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more, Bruce. Fabulous call. Thank thank you. And that I know personally many many fabulous dry stone wallers uh, all throughout Ontario. All the event is in Hanover is uh, we're trying to certify people. So in actual fact, the public will recognize the fact that people have gone through um, a recognized course, and it'll just hopefully. E- create even more interest in, in the wonderful work that dry stone wallers do. So great comment. Thanks. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you very much for the call. It's 944 here at AM 740. And you know something? I think uh, Rochelle, maybe it would have called in earlier this morning. Hello, Rochelle. Yes. Good morning. I'm obeying your injunction. One, one <laughs> you see, this, you know what? Good, good for you. I forgot to give my little mantra, you know, call yes. early, call yeah. often, one question per call. So Rochelle was on, uh, as a matter of fact, a third caller, and now she's got another question or a follow-up, whatever. Uh, welcome back. That's S- great. Sneaky Thank Rochelle, you. what's your question? <laughs> my question is about a spotterwort plant that I got um, late in, I, I got it last month after it had finished blooming, and it says right on the ticket, cut it back so that you can uh, get fall bloom, but I thought that was not very welcoming when it was new in the garden, and I did not cut it back. Is it going to grow? I, I really like the leaf formation. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a crazy, uh, yeah. a crazy uh, arrangement. And, uh, and I like it as it is, but is it going to do the usual perennial thing because I did not prune it? No, I, and you're okay. Uh, as a first time uh, planting a, a spider, you're, you're okay. And it is a crazy plant. It's a wonderful plant. Um, but, Rochelle, the best advice this time of year is it's go, going to go dormant in, a, in another two to three weeks. Let it do its thing. Uh, even leave, if it did flower, leave the seed head right on, and um, I would um, follow the instructions. They are right instructions, so next year, just after it's finished blooming, is to, to cut it back, and hopefully what that does is encourage a second blooming later on in the spring. I understand it's also a spreader. Yeah, it does spread. Yeah, and uh, that's that's an advantage if if you know you've got a big a uh, big garden bed to uh, to fill in. So in, oh, enjoy really? that spider. It's great, great phone in. Uh, enjoy that spiderwort plant. I wish more people would plant spiderworts. Uh, they're great it's plants. Pretty, pretty. Very I, pretty. I saw it up in Stratford uh, right. at the theater at the big theater. Yes, that love. had a and they had a big cover of it. Just yes, so that charming. love. Yeah, well, sure, that lovely garden, and Frank knows it well, too, right outside. What's the main theater in Stratford, Frank? Uh, festival, isn't the it? Festival, festival theater. Yeah. yeah, beautiful garden outside there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, you, when you've when you got the, the, the break in, 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 the, in the play or whatever you're seeing, um, everyone should go out and, and sit in that garden. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Well, thank you again, gentlemen. Take thank care. you, Rochelle. That's actually the very first time that that's happened, that someone has actually called in the second time. Wow. Yeah. So good they, for you, they, Rochelle. They got you napping. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, no, she's following the rules exactly, exactly. Um, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here in just a moment and come back to talk to Lori in, uh, in Beamsville. And, uh, oh, the guys are already starting to gather out in the hallway there from Dave's Corner Garage, Dave Redeker and uh, Ellen Gelman. So we'll, we'll get to, to the rest of the show and uh, the rest of the callers in just moments here on AM740 Zoomer Radio.
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Those phone numbers again uh, for Toronto, 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And I'll let you know there are a couple of lines that are free right now. That's great. Yeah, certainly. Well, Laurie, uh, first of all, let's welcome you from uh, Beamsville. Good morning. Hi, good morning, and I'm from Bowmanville. Not oh, I'm sorry, Bowmanville, okay. <laughs> okay, um, my question is, last year I planted two hydrangeas, um, and they face the west, so they get the sun most of the afternoon. Um, the one hydrangea is a PG hydrangea, and they're in the same garden bed, and the only thing separating them is a, a birdbath, the one bloomed all summer, gorgeous, big, long, beautiful blooms. The other one, lots of leaves, um, nice and healthy, and not a bloom on it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, uh, you know, I, uh, and Frank, sometimes raising plants is right, like raising kids. You know, oh, you, you do exactly yeah. the same thing, and they both they both turn up t- totally different. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of, uh, Laurie, a couple of hydrangea tips in a second, but uh, uh, Bowmanville, um, Laurie, I don't know whether you, whether you were at the fabulous garden event. I was out in um, Bowmanville at the Cannington Blooms event, um, and, and, and Frank, over 300 residents entered their garden competition. It was wow. amazing. I haven't been to an event like that uh, all year. So congratulations to everyone in the Bowmanville area for what you're doing for, for horticulture and, and uh, gardening. It's absolutely marvelous. Hydrangeas, Lloyd. Uh, PG hydrangea. Right. Um, that's probably one of the easiest hydrangeas t- to grow. Uh, it'll take uh, shade, semi-shade, full sun. It's so hardy. Flowers this time of year. Um, and what I like to do with PG hydrangeas is to do my pruning on them this time of year because I'll bring the flowers, my flowers, off my PG hydrangea inside as a dried flower for the winter. The one that didn't flower, um, two possibilities. One, uh, there are hydrangeas uh, that we actually in the business call blind, uh, which for some reason uh, take uh, three or four years before they, they bloom. Um, that would be my suspicion on, on this one. Um, make sure that, well, let me ask you a question, Lloyd. Did you do any fertilizer on it, on it at all? Uh, I did on both of them, yeah. I fertilized the whole garden bed. Yeah, so you treated them both the same and one, one flowers and, and, yeah. and, and, and the other. The other. Now, there wasn't a tag on the second one, but I'm pretty sure it's a PG because the leaf is exactly the same. Exactly the, exactly yeah. the same, yeah. So what happens with, with, with plants are they, they um, the flower is often the secondary thing a plant will concentrate on um, if there's something disturbing the, the root system or something's bothering the main plant itself. So um, I would get round that one that's not flowering, make, sort of be tugging at it, making sure that the root uh, system is, is well um, anchored in the soil that it's 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 because it has to set down those new roots before you'll be successful with with flowering. I'd go as far as to get uh, a bag of compost uh, or your own compost this time of year, Laurie. Um, dig a small trench uh, like a moat around right. the plant. Put, f- fill the compost in that moat and give it a heavy soaking for about 20 minutes. And, and, and what you're doing is allowing that compost to leach down. 
And what that does, it, it, it gets rid of the air pockets, the voids around the root system, which I'm suspecting is the problem, and the compost will fill in those, those voids and uh, that, that plant, uh, the root system of that plant is going to be in, in, in contact much easier with the, with the, root, with the soil. Okay. So that's what I do with my hydrangeas. Now, should I cut these guys back uh, in the fall or just leave them? Uh, how, how tall are they? Well, the one must be three feet tall. Um, yep, I would take probably eight inches off of that. Yep, yep. And the one that isn't blooming? Uh, no, no. Let's concentrate on the compost uh, trick and see if we can even them both up um, next year. Um, so I cut them back in the fall or in the spring? In the fall. In the fall. Yeah, because you want to the it's with PGs. It's the new growth in the spring that produces the flowers. So, well, um, in the PG, I know they started off white. Yeah, and now they're pink. Isn't that isn't that wonderful? I know, Lori. That's something the plant does when it gets those cool the cool air. It turns from white to pink, and it's like magic in the garden. Yeah, absolutely yeah. marvelous. Really pretty. Yeah, it is pretty. Yeah. yeah, keep on keep on planting hydrangeas in Bowmanville. Okay, then. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much for the call, the Garden Show, and normally with uh, Charlie Dobbin. She's on vacation, well-deserved, too. And Dennis Flanagan from Landscape Ontario is with us. I'd mentioned uh, earlier that the boys are in the building now. Yes, uh, Dave's Corner Garage Gang, Dave Brediger and Alan Gelman. Just to note that at 11 o'clock, you're invited to stay tuned for the Natural Health Show. Doctors, naturopaths, anything to do with health concerns, that's what they deal with on the show, and you will uh, really enjoy. That starts at 11, right through till 12 noon. Now, let's go back to our lines here. Enos from Scarborough on the line. Good morning, Enos. Good morning. Morning. Uh, a spindle tree, isn't that a euonymus? Yes, it is. Yeah. So my uh, neighbor at the back has two trees, and um, every year we've had lots of ladybugs. Hmm. And uh, I haven't seen one this year. Oh, really? But, but the whole tree is like the leaves on, underneath are, they look like little white flies. Oh, oh, oh okay. smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is Pro- that the scale? Yes, yeah, scale. You're, you're absolutely right on two counts. Um, if I had a prize to give you, I, I would. In fact, we'll send um, Frank over to do weed, weeding <laughs> for you for a weekend. That's the prize. Once again, um, he's free with me. Oh <laughs> Spindle tree, you're absolutely right, is a euonymus. Mm-hmm. And your second um, uh, stab at the problem I'm guessing that is scale too. On, on it is susceptible to scale. Yeah. Um, often by just getting a, a very powerful jet of water, we'll, you, you'll be able to wash that, that wash that scale off. Well, now the leaves are coming down already. Oh, they're coming down already. Yeah. yeah. So this time of year, um, all that you can do is 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 let it go its natural causes. Um, scale often uh, tends to come for two reasons. One. Uh, bad drainage or bad air circulation, and I'm not sure whether that applies. Oh, there's enough air circulation, yeah. but it's just that people don't care about their stuff. There. They don't care about the stuff, yeah. Um, and that's and 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 that is difficult. And it was a tough. I, I must say, in the garden, this was a tough year. Um, you know, weather-wise, and and yeah. the impact of that is we we tended to see. Uh, now, can f- this scale affect also the uh, sambucus? No, very, very unlikely. Sambucus is an it's elder tree. Right underneath it, you know. Yes, yeah, an elder, um, an elder tree, and uh, sambucus tends not to get affected by scale whatsoever. It's a much leafier plant, and uh-huh. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Hopefully, those leaves will drop. Uh, they get mixed into the soil very quickly, and uh, if we ha- if we don't have a wet spring, we probably won't see that uh, scale yeah. come back. 
But I just missed the ladybugs this year. I know, me too. You're absolutely right. There, were, there weren't as many. I have not seen one. No, yeah, you're right. There's a wonderful town out in uh, Saskatchewan called Lloydminster, mm-hmm. and they actually have uh, something called the Ladybug Ball. Oh, yeah. um, and they bring in thousands of ladybugs and release them uh, with school kids for the yeah. weekend. And I, I think that's something we should do across, across the country. There you go. Yeah. Ladybug ball. Great questions, though. And a couple wow. of years ago, they had these oriental bu- uh, ladybugs. Yes, yeah, that was but a bit of a mistake. <laughs> no, but uh, you're right. So let's make uh, 2013 Year of the Ladybug, Frank. Could there, we, okay. Good idea. Could we'll, we do that? we'll get on that. Thank get the you. campaign going. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much, you. Ines. Um, another call here uh, in from Etobicoke. Stella, welcome to uh, the Garden Show here at AM740. Wow, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have black spots on, uh, on the tree in the front and black spots on the endive and escarole in the vegetable garden. What can I do? Yeah, uh, the, the black spot on, on your tree, your maple tree, yes. uh, is very common, and that's something called tar spot. Uh, again, it's a, it's a fungus disease. It's very interesting, Stella, that uh, eight years ago we never saw this in gardens. We, if you went for a walk in the woods, you'd see it all over the place. And it's, it's sort of started to come into our street trees now. Um, does absolutely no harm to the tree itself. It's just like a little disfigurement on the leaf. Um, uh, often gardeners will recommend that you don't, when the fall comes, you don't uh, gather those leaves and put them in the in the compost bin. So, which uh, is what happened probably. Yes, that's in what happens. Yeah, right. Yeah, because the the you know the heat in the compost and it breeds the fungus, and then you're back you know you're back spreading the disease. So if you can avoid that, that's the best way to c- control it actually. So anything I can do for the uh, present condition of the endive and escarole. No, and simply because you know you're gonna, it's gonna get harvested, and 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 just make sure that um, either actually I'd much prefer you do this this fall in the, in the spring is when you've harvested all your vegetables, dig over that uh, vegetable garden and get some horticultural lime, uh, and just sprinkle it and dig it ah. in, dig it in 15 inches deep, and that's gonna sweeten the soil for you mm-hmm. and and help to control some of those fungus diseases. Great, Thank you great so much. question though. Super. Thanks for joining us, Stella. Uh, always a pleasure to uh, have our listeners chime in here. With hey, Sometimes, uh, Dennis, we get actually great tips from yeah. the listeners, you know, and uh, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When, it, when they turn the tables on us yeah. or on Charlie, and in yeah. this case, you. And, I, I, you know, as a, as, a, as a compliment to you and Charlie, um, I often tune into the, this show when I'm driving, um, and your, your enthusiasm actually is infectious. And even if I wasn't a gardener, I, just, <laughs> I would just phone to chat to you guys. Well, there you go. That's that's. <laughs> it's just like being around uh, the kitchen table, you yeah, know, yeah. and having a good it conversation. Is. And uh, Charlie, as we say, is on vacation right now. Thank you so much, uh, Dennis, for my, another super job. My pleasure. Uh, once again, Dennis uh, Flanagan from Landscape Ontario. You can check them out at landscapeontario.com. They do all sorts of wonderful work, and uh, we uh, certainly look forward to your next visit whenever Charlie's away. We we'll look forward to your friendly little face yeah. there. Do you think Dennis. you'll get a postcard? Oh, Charlie? Are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> that would mean buying a stamp. Oh, yeah, that's know. true. <laughs> you know how cheap she is. Jeez. <laughs> I tell you. Hey, and thank you very much to Christina, our producer on the show. Great job, Christina. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for the boys. Uh, yeah, Dave's Corner Garage. Dave and Alan all set to roll along. And when I return at 12, 
uh, I'll be doing the, the diner. And this week, as I mentioned last week, is for first-time callers only. Okay, we're going to give a break to those guys who out there and gals who uh, call the line consistently but never are able to get through. But all our regular callers, just give it up for one week, and we'll get a whole batch of uh, folks and uh, their requests answered on the diner. Okay? Uh, Frank Proctor here. Thank you so much for listening. Dennis Flanagan, thank you for a super job. And uh, we'll see you again next week here at AM 740 on The Garden Show. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.